Welcome to the Black Knight Nation podcast. I'm your host, Sal Interdonado. The Black Knight Nation podcast is brought to you by our friends at Higher Echelon. Higher Echelon is a company run by Joe Ross, former Army fullback, former Army assistant coach, former Army officer, and we thank Higher Echelon for sponsoring this podcast. You can find our podcast on all the audio platforms, um, Spotify, Apple, um, just type, you search our, for Black Knight Nation. Also, check out our YouTube channel at Black Knight Nation and uh, give us a subscribe or give us a thumbs up on the video that you're watching right now. And we would like to welcome in our special guest for tonight, uh, Greg Gadsden, former Army linebacker. Um, Greg, thanks so much for uh, taking the time tonight to join us. Well, thanks, Sal. Uh, thanks for having me. And it's uh, certainly a pleasure to be here. Yeah, this is. Uh, you're a guest that we, we wanted to get on in a solo effort. You were um, came on in our tribute to Ray Ordierno, uh earlier this year. Uh, had some great insight with that. And uh, Steve Anderson, who, um, the co-host for the podcast, he can't be here tonight. But Steve Anderson, I really wanted to get you on, kind of tell your story a little bit. And I know that there's a lot of things that you're working on still um, to get your story and your message out um, there. So um Really appreciate it. Um, we usually start the podcast out with how you got to West Point, like what, like your recruiting story, so to speak, and what and what got you there, and uh, maybe maybe you could start with that. Sure, sure. So I'll thank you, and uh, again, a pleasure, pleasure to be here. Pleasure, pleasure to to, to um, you know share a few of my perspectives, I guess, on life. So you know, I was like many of us that uh, that that play in Army. Uh, overlooked, too small, too small, too slow, too something, too not smart enough. Um, I was, uh, you know, I thought I had done and prepared to do all the right things to play uh, to play Division One football, uh, you know, at the next level, and seem well on the path. Uh, UVA had um, had made a commitment uh, to me that uh, I was going to go there. You know, ironically, it was actually the first year that the George Welch staff was there at UVA who uh, who had just left Navy. Hmm. Uh, Tom O'Brien was uh, was the coach that uh, was recruiting me. And and um, and kind of at the last minute, um, they decided that they needed to address some other needs uh, other than me. And so um I was, uh, you know, in the musical chair since uh, I, I was out. I was out of chair, um, didn't have a backup plan, didn't have a way to go. Um, a coach, Ted Gill, who was a defensive line coach at Army, had come to uh, come to my high school to recruit another young man named uh, one of my classmates named Tracy Branch um, uh, to, you know, take a look at him. And my coach suggested uh, that he – might as well take a look at me as well, you know, two for one or where, if you will. And, uh, and so that was, uh, that was my fifth and final uh, visit to West Point. Um, I, I honestly didn't know what it was. I mean, I, I knew it. I, I, I guess I watched and heard of the army Navy game, but I didn't, didn't naively didn't make the connection to, to West Point or the military Academy. And so, um, uh, I, I do remember that really my only question or concern was whether or not they played division one football and they said, yeah. And that was, that's what got me. Hmm. Um, I think in a, in a lot of ways uh, from that point, I, I had a bit of a, an attitude or a chip on my shoulder because I wanted to prove that I could play football at the highest level. Um, 
and uh, and that was my I was on that mission. Yeah, talking to um, uh, Army football players that have been on, that shared the field with you, Greg. I mean, there was that. You know, like you said, you had maybe that little chip on your shoulders. There was that aggression. Maybe I remember uh, uh, somebody talking about him being a freshman, you being an upperclassman, and there's like you know a drill, and you better go a hundred percent on the drill when you, when you get out there with Greg. Otherwise, you know you're gonna you're gonna feel that the at the end there. Um, what was talking to us a little bit about your progression on the team and what was it like freshman year uh, as far as football went? Um. Were you a guy? Was was a scout team guy? Did you have to work your way up, or how did that go? Well, I I um I I was uh, fortunate that I worked my way up through the um you know through the initial uh, training camp, and so I was uh, I was uh, on the varsity. I'd worked myself up to third string with a couple of seniors or firsties in front of me. Um, but that said, look, it's a progression, and, and so. And as much as it's a progression physically, it's really a, a progression mentally and emotionally. And and um, as I look back at it, you know, I had two seniors in front of me, and and I remember uh, kind of uh, feeling like I had, I mean, I that I had worked for the, uh, the and earned the the right to start, which I did my my sophomore yearling year. Um, um, I also kind of at the same time felt like I had inherited it. And, uh, and um, you know, if you, if, if you have one perspective, you know, kind of in hindsight about really about life, about anything is you got to work for it every day. You got to show up and, and that, and that switch or that threshold I hadn't crossed at that point. Um and then about halfway through my yearling year, um, um, I got fired. I got benched because mm. I wasn't getting the job done. And uh, that was a wake up call. Um, uh, one of my bet, what you know, one of my best friends, Chuck Shredsman, who was another another outside linebacker, never even got a chance. And and I and uh, and I, I consider him uh, very instrumental in in us. Um, really a first acknowledging um, our, our shortcomings, our failures, and then, uh, and then dedicating ourselves to make sure that um, um, uh, we weren't going to ever let that happen again. And so, you know, that, and that's the journey. And, and, you know, it's a journey of life and, you know, those things, you know, we all get knocked down. We talk about the, the game of football is about getting knocked down and getting back up and 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 we and we 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 say that metaphorically we do it um uh physically but but how many of us really do that uh, mentally and emotionally and um and um you know that's uh that's part of the journey of life and it's it's sort of what hardens us it's what um it's what um um what builds that character you know, um, I, if I, you know, not to, you know, get into kind of bumper sticker stuff, but um, I've, you know, I've said publicly many times that the, the, the best leadership course that I had at West Point was, was on the, was on the fields of friendly strike. It was the most consistent one. It was the one that I had, it was the continuous thread and it doesn't, it's not meant to be um, to, to point out other classes or other experiences as being weak, but 
it was the most consistent uh, thread in my life as a cadet. No doubt. You know, like you said, there's lessons learned right in what in, in academics at West Point. There's lessons learned um, on the on the field that you had there. And it seemed like I mean, like you said, you didn't, you didn't want to have that to happen again. So I'm thinking like your your last two years, you were making the most out of every snap, every play, every moment on the on the Army football team. Right. Yep. Absolutely. What, what are some – do you have any – you know, you talk to Army football players and you ask them about their fond memories or what they remember the most about the, their time as a football player. A lot will say the brotherhood, right? Um, yeah. Is that what you kind of gear, uh, gear off to? Or do you, do you have any, like, moments on the field that, you, that still to this day that maybe you still have very, very fond memories of? No, I, I would say the brotherhood. And, and – um... And this is how I characterize um, or, or share my my kind of last and, and perhaps most profound moment as an Army football player. And it was on the it was it was after the uh, it was after the, our um, our bowl game against Alabama um, my senior year. And, um, you know, we lost the game by a point. And, and I remember um, being exceptionally emotional. And at first I was like, you know, what, a, I mean, we lost the game. I, you know, I've been on the short end of the stick before and, uh, and that emotion um, had kind of surprised me. Um, but I think it was, uh, and, and I, and I quickly realized it was, uh, it was the realization that I was never going to do this again. And, um, and I was never going to be with these men um, doing battle again. That was it. And it, and that that finality was uh, what uh, what overcame me emotionally. Yeah, I mean that bowl. Uh, not a lot of times on this podcast that we talked about that bowl game against Alabama, but I mean that's um that's Derek Thomas and company, right? I mean that's a yeah. team that was. I mean that's a that's an SEC um, power, so to speak, in Alabama. Now, it, of course, you know back then they were still consistent, no doubt. The name brand name too and uh man did you have any after you saying you were you know getting your emotions in check after the, that game right did you have any alabama players come up to you after the game and sh- were there any moments like that that maybe that you can remember and that just the um just to recognize you know how hard you guys fall and like the respect factor there no, nothing that nothing that stands out uh, after the game. But ironically, um, you know, given my um, you know my relationships with the with the Giants, you know, uh, Howard Cross, who was one of their tight ends that that played for the New York Giants for eleven years, um, we would end up uh, you know developing a strong friendship and 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 chatting and 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 so um, from that standpoint, it's kind of come full circle. But not only that. Um, uh, a little, a little known story was that, uh, three months after I was wounded, um, I would, uh, my first trip from Walter Reed would be to Vail, Colorado. And, um, and on a, and at a, at a, on a, on this big ranch at a religious retreat, I would run into coach Bill Curry, hmm. um, who was Alabama's coach. And, uh, and I, I really, I really credit him for encouraging me to, uh, to communicate. Um, 
Um, and and so, I mean, think about think about uh, that, Sal. I mean, um, the last time that we had ever stood on the same field was literally 17 years prior to that date. Yeah. And 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 the fact that we would literally run into and, and our coach, you know, I I liken it to be almost like. Uh, two soldiers from opposite sides that fought on the battlefield um, once now um, meeting again in peace. So, yeah, it's incredible that you, you just never know, right. It, when that might happen. And to say that he would, you know, I know that he has a lot of respect for the army football program in the, and, you know, in recent years. And um, to, to say that he was part, you know, that motivation, that road back, we, we Talk about like after West Point in a second, but here is uh, Federica Daniel saying it's an honor to finally see Greg Gat. Guys, and my late friend Christian Stevens spoke so highly of him and wanted Marquell to meet him. Mark, this is uh, Marquell Broughton's uh, mom. Marquell is the two-year captain at West Point, the Army Safety. So she's watching the podcast. Um, she's watching the podcast, and she says he told Mark Marquell about the story, which he played a role in Marquell going to West Point. So wow, um, well, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, thank you, Frederica. Yeah, we really appreciate that uh, everybody watching. And if anybody has any other comments for Greg or us, please uh, send them in, and we'll we'll post uh, we'll post them. Um, so, Greg, tell us a little bit about like see you know, that you, we talked about the, the some bowl, the bowl game. Now, what? Tell us a little bit about your service um, after the bowl, and um, you know because that's what these seniors coming up for Army, you know, and the guys who had just graduated in June, that's what you're prepared for at West Point, right, for right. the four years. And tell us a little bit about what your early service was like. Well, I was uh, uh, I was commissioned in uh, 1989. Uh, Field artillery was my branch. And um, not, uh, not long uh, after arriving at my first unit, so I, I signed into my, my first unit in February of uh, 1990 and uh, by late September of 1990, I was uh, I was on my way to Saudi Arabia uh, to prepare for the first Gulf War. Wow. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, looking back, it's very easy to feel like or it, um, that you're not going to be tested. Um. But it's almost like going into a game and not preparing. Um, let's just say you're a second string or third string and you don't feel like you're going to get in the game. And then all of a sudden you're put in a game. Um, and and what I and, and, and what I feel, Sal, that translated from football, from football specifically to me as a leader in the Army, was that mindset and that preparation of, of, of preparing myself and preparing those and making sure that, that whatever organization I was part of to the best of my ability that we were prepared. Um, um, you, you, you can't, um, you know, uh, what, what I will tell you is that when I pra when we practiced at Army, um, I felt like practice was a game. The intense, the level of intensity uh, was that of a game. And so 
we didn't distinguish between uh, a game and practice, and that preparation is is what um, is what is what I carried on. And you know, one of the things I'm really prideful for as a as a red leg as a field artillery officer is guess what? We shoot live rounds. We don't have blank rounds. And so again, that level of urgency, that level of accuracy, that level of um, of focus is there in peacetime as well as war. And, um, and that was a very um, natural transition from, you know, the fields of friendly strife to the, uh, uh, you know, to the, to, to the, to the battlefield. Yeah. And I'm guessing when you're, when you're out there serving, like, and you talk about how maybe the army football kind of those, those days on the practice field help you prepare for what you were facing real life stuff. Right. Um, I don't know if during your service time, if you bump into any of your army football brothers out in service, most of the time there is that, you know, when you're serving alongside the guys that you might've shared the field with at Mikey stadium. Right. And then that's the, that's another level to that too. And that, that teamwork, so to speak. Well, absolutely Sal. And, and, uh, and to their, and to your point uh, specifically, um, 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 uh, class of '91, uh, Will Huff, um, who was our defensive tackle. Our lockers were literally right across from each other um, for three of my four years, and um, and Will and I, uh, Will was with the Asymmetric Warfare Group um, uh, during the surge of 2007. And ironically, um, his uh, his organization got to spend some time with my battalion while we were uh, while we were in Iraq. And um, um, the night I was wounded, he had gotten back to his talk and, and found out that I was wounded. Ultimately, um, he would uh, he would uh, link up with me in the in the in the cache in Baghdad, and he would fly with me all the way from. Um, from Baghdad to Longstreet, Germany. So, you know, it sounds sort of Pollyannish. It may sound fairy taleish, um, um, but that's that's what it means to be a teammate. And I, and I tell these guys, I say, you're teammates for life. Just because your fields change, your battlefields change, you. When you when you put that when you make that investment in each other, it doesn't disappear because you're you're not on the you're not on some football field somewhere. Yeah. That that connection exists for life. My my teammate Chuck Shretzman uh, would meet me at Walter Reed. You know, our classmates like Troy Lingley and Mike Sullivan. Um, my PM&R doctor. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Paul Pasquina, class '87, was responsible for my um, was responsible for my uh, my rehab. Mm-hmm. Um, a '91, a, a class of '91, um, not a teammate, but a '91 grad was the one that operated on me the night I was wounded. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is um, um, th- this family we're in is 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 significant. Yeah. Um, May, May, 2007. Um, I, I don't know if you, uh, would like to just, you know, go just 
go into that a little bit, what that was like for, for you and what you might remember. If not, we totally understand, but just what that was. And like you said, that, that maybe afterwards, just that, I guess that was, you know, getting you to where you could get to the best care that you could get to, you know, after it happens is, you know, like you said, the people that were involved in that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was May 7th, uh, 2007, a little more than 15 years ago. I was I was ironically coming back from a, from a memorial service for, for two young men in, uh, in a sister battalion in my brigade that had been killed um, uh, a few days earlier. And so I, I was heading back to my headquarters, and that's when my vehicle was hit. You know, the, the blast uh, blew me out of the, my vehicle. I, you know, I can recall flying through the air and and uh, you know, coming to a rolling stop on my back, and and uh, I knew I was hurt. I knew it was significant, and I knew I was in trouble. And uh, and you know, um, you know, as a leader, I would say this: as a leader, you you you'd never imagine that the men and women that you are preparing to go to combat are ultimately going to save your life. And that's exactly what happened that night. And so, and, and so then you had talked about, you know, that the road back, so to speak, and just the people that were involved with that and how, um, you know, got from motivation from Bill Curry to Chuck Stretzman to Mike Sullivan, and you named, you named the list long. And it's, I'm guessing that, that is what keeps you going through through something like that once you once the the shock is over with it or well yeah you You know their their encouragement is is absolutely um uh profound and significant but you know what 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 i but i also would tell you this is um you know every day um we we have a chance to build on who we are and, and uh, I say, I like to say to be the best that we can be. And, and over time, I suspect that, that that ultimately becomes your character. It becomes who you are. And, and what I would say, Sal, is in my lowest moments, um, when I wanted to quit, when I didn't feel like I could go on, it wasn't in my character too. It just, it was, it was so much worse. Quitting was so much worse than, than what I was faced with. And so, um, and, and that, that's, you know, so, you know, we, 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 we talk about resiliency so much. Um, but I, I think resiliency is character. It's not a switch to turn on and say, I have to be resilient. Just like we don't turn on our character. It's with us or it's not, and uh, and 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 every day we have a chance to build on it. And and uh, I'm grateful that um, I've had people around me that is challenging me, teammates that have loved me, teammates that have that have uh, held me accountable, uh, so that I've had that that character, had that resilience um, that I've needed, um, you know, uh, in my life. Andrew, thank you, brother. I think you're you're in Hawaii, aren't you? Aloha. Well, Andrew, yeah, Andrew King's been on the podcast a couple of times, Army Captain. Uh, you know, it really 
when Army had the renaissance, uh, he was right there in the middle of it. When they ended the streak in Navy, he, he uh, in 2016, he was one of the captains. And Andrew says, Colonel Gadsden's leadership and resilience has guided my life, not only as a football player, but as an Army officer and a man. Thank you, sir. I believe that Andrew's now um, pursuing uh, law, but I believe uh, Andrew's pursuing law. I, I, I want to say Fordham, if I'm correct. So, um, yeah, um, Andrew... Great. And that's, and that's what we're talking about, right? This is Greg. So you played right. Probably 20, 25 years before Andrew got on the field, you know, and this is the, the connections between the players are just, it's, it's, a, it's unreal in, in the army football program. Well, look, um, you know, just as, um, you know, Andrew and, and, um, and, 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 and I stood on the players that came before me, um, you know, the, the next generation will stand on the shoulders of Andrew. And so um, it's about paying it forward. And, um, and uh, it's Andrew, it's really cool. I'm really proud of you to, to see you pursuing, uh, um, you know, pursuing excellence. And, and that's, you know, that's what you, that's what, that's what this life's about. And um, um, it's about being our best, living our best selves. And, and um, more power to you, and, and and for anybody out there, if there's anything I can do for you, please uh, don't hesitate to ask. Yeah, glad this podcast can connect football players, linebackers of our are some of the best linebackers that Army's ever seen. Having a connection here uh, on the Black Knight Nation podcast, um, maybe so. So, Greg, I know that like a lot. Maybe we could talk about the Giants. Um, the, your involvement with the Giants. You mentioned Howard Cross uh, earlier in the podcast, and how you—I uh, think it was—was uh, was it was it 2008 that was the speech that you had with the Giants that kind of got them in the right well, direction. It was the 2007-2008 season. So um, yeah. So uh, you know, uh, a few months after I was wounded, um, I uh, Mike Sullivan, who was a wide receivers coach for the New York Giants. Um, um, had asked if I'd be willing to kind of, um, you know, share a few of my perspectives, uh, uh, you know, on life of, with the team. And so I did um, the third game of the season when they came to the D.C. to play the uh, the then Washington Redskins. I know they're the commanders now. Yeah. And um, and and so that uh, that um, that began a relationship uh, with the team. They, um, you know, I. I, when I look back at it, first I say, um, imagine that I'm able to share a story um, in an environment that was already created. I had that I had nothing to do with it in an environment that was ready to hear my message. And so, um, you know, it's not magic. It's not fairy dust or anything. I, I just... I just shared a few things I thought were important in life, and and uh, these men um, uh, took it to heart, and they and 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 then they started achieving excellence, started pursuing excellence, and so, um, you know, I, obviously I didn't call any plays, I didn't play any plays, I just um, you know tried to lend a, a little uh, moral support, if you will. What was that ride like for you, just to just to stay, you know, in, in contact with the team as they go on that run to win the Super Bowl and knock off, you know, the mighty Patriots and Tom Brady? Yeah, well, it was significant, and um, 
it was significant from this perspective. Um, maybe not one that most would appreciate, but it was, you know, I was, a, I had been a battalion commander, Sal, and I had never in my life not come back home with my soldiers. And, and I, I will tell you, I experienced a lot of guilt. I mean, because I wasn't there with them and, and, um, I couldn't have had, I couldn't have had a, a better experience to give me something that, uh, showed that I could contribute, showed that I could make a difference, showed that I was on a, you know, not that I was thrown out of the army, but, um, but I could be a teammate again. And, um, it's uh, it's exactly what I needed to to help uplift my spirits and um, and uh, and uh, you know continue to to drive on. I don't know if you've ever been asked this question, and maybe uh, did, did the Giants give you a Super Bowl ring? Um, yes, yeah, I've been asked it before, and yes, they they did. Um, I actually got one for the second Super Bowl when we beat the Patriots too. So so I've got a couple of Super Bowl rings as well. Very nice, very nice. So it wasn't just the, the relationship with the Giants that season that carried over to where, um, you know, I, I'm guessing you, you, you would maybe uh, have some speeches too during the, after that Super Bowl went to with the team and stuff or just be around the team, so to speak. Yeah, I yeah. I was, um, I was able to kind of uh, spend a lot of time with the, the team, especially while Coach Coffin was the head coach once. You know, once uh, Coach Coffin left and they started, you know, a lot of the personnel started to, to you know, change around. And, you know, I'm, they don't, you know, they don't even know who I am anymore. I mean, not, not in a negative way, but just, yeah. you know, things, things change. Look, I'm not, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not upset or, or anything like that. Just, you know, it's just, that's what happens in life. No doubt. Um, I'm, so after, you know, the Super Bowl with the first Super Bowl with the Giants, and even up to now, I mean, you're you're still your story and message. You're you're still out there. Um, are are you doing any public speaking? Like, what what are you up to now? What what's Greg Gatson up to now? Yeah, so I um I I um I'm doing some. I have a small company that um, I'm actually partnering with another Army uh, football alumni, Kirk Gutierrez, class of '86, and so he and I um, have a small company that we're. Uh, doing service-based government contracting, and I I continue to have an active um, um, public speaking. Um, you know, doing corporate stuff. I work with uh, Thayer Leader, you know, Thayer Leadership, um, and uh, and uh, and you know, a handful of uh, speakers bureaus. So so that keeps you busy. I'm I'm still even able to to act here from you know, on occasion. So I'm uh, I. You know, Sal. What I would say is, I'm a I'm a jack of all trades, master at none. So just just staying active, staying busy, trying to make a difference. What's the last um? What's your last acting uh, venture you were on? Well, I I have a a, a small and minor role at the end of a, a movie called A Journal for Jordan that uh, Denzel Washington directed, and um, and um, I got something upcoming. I'm gonna be in. In a uh, got a small uh, part in one of the upcoming episodes of uh, NCIS Los Angeles. So, 
Very, very, very cool. That's that's a, certainly a series that you know everyone is uh, everyone watches. Um, it was Battleship that you had. Was that your yeah, first? Yeah, Battleship. Yeah, yeah, Battleship. And um, and there was this uh, this uh, family or kids series called The Inspectors. I did like ten episodes in that as well. So. Wow. You you got your own IMD profile. I'm guessing Greg out there. Uh, yeah. Very, very nice. Battleship, what was that? What was that that like? Because was that your first time acting or no? Yeah, that was my first time. Yeah. 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 Any memories from that? Well, I'd never done it before. Um, I mean, I never played a tree in a school play. So, you know, I, I what I, you know, looking back and I, I think um, it's not easy. Um, um, but I almost felt like an athlete. I felt like an athlete, you know, with a coach and I'm trying to, I'm trying to do the best I can to do what they want. So, no doubt. Um, before before we go, uh, we appreciate everybody that's watched the podcast. We thank um, Andrew King for coming in uh, with some messages, and Federica Daniels also. Um, is there a message that maybe you have to maybe this year's Army team, or maybe just a message in general for for people that you know have followed you or or know your story? And is there is there a message that you like to? Uh, give well um um i guess what i would say to the the the, uh the upcoming team is um is um something i i I think i i try to say consistently is is uh you know be present um be your best and uh and you can be at peace and so um it sounds um it sounds simple and it is simple but um but 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 it's a challenge and uh and there's a lot of things that um that are challenging your life and 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 all i'm challenging you to do is is for every one of those things that's in your life be where you're at and be your best that you can and that's all you can do yeah and that's the kind of model of the team right there's really no one and jeff mcgonera there's really no one player it's 11 players on offense and defense have to work together to have success and special teams has to be clicking too. And they've seen that in the, in the, in the last couple of years at army. And uh, we'll, we'll see this year, pretty exciting to get going. Uh, Greg, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it guys. If you're watching this podcast, you could check other podcasts out. Um, couple guys he mentioned Kirk Atiras has been on one of our podcasts um uh Will Huff we've had Will Huff on the Black Knight Nation podcast also and he mentioned the story about uh being with Greg after after um being after Greg was wounded so we really appreciate you all, all everybody watching and please check out Black Knight Nation's YouTube channel you could find all those um archived videos Greg again thanks so much for spending uh, uh some time with us and we look forward to having you on down the road Absolutely, Sal. Thanks for having me on.